you know, in Idaho, we have this small city called McCall. It's up in the mountains. And a lot of people go there for tourist uh, reasons, right? They go up there in the winter for, for skiing, snowboarding, and it's just really, really pretty. Or in the summer, they're hitting the lake and going there. But what they don't realize, and I think a lot of people forget about this, is the fact that McCall has some amazing athletes. And today we get to talk to the 3A tournament MVP for the state boys basketball uh, program. And they have um, quite the, the story to share today with us about their season. Um, we get to learn more about him, his journey, and uh, just more about him as an athlete and as a human and what we should expect from him moving forward. It's a really, really good conversation to get to know some of the hidden gems here in Idaho. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. We are four and a half years almost into this show. It's been an amazing ride so far, thanks in large part to the guests that have been on the show and the listeners. You guys, the listeners, thank you so much for the support all the way through the journey. I've said it before, whether you've been following the show from the very beginning or you're new, maybe this is your first time listening because you want to hear from our guest uh, and, and see what he's got to say, we just welcome you aboard. I just appreciate all the support um, from the very beginning or just right now. It, it all matters in the growth of the show. And Another thing that really matters is leaving a review for the podcast. So for those listening, if you're on an Apple device, such as an iPhone, right? Simple concept. If you leave a review for the podcast, it really, really helps the show's growth. And I don't say that just like saying, hey, I want to get my show out there to grow for my own benefit. It's also good for our guests because the more exposure the show gets, the guests get more exposure as well. And the more lives they can reach and uh, they can share their story with more people. So that's a huge benefit. So if you have an Apple device and you're listening to the podcast, please leave me a review. Um, it really, really helps with the credibility of the show and the exposure because it reaches new people. So today is a special opportunity for me. You guys will hear it in the introduction, but you know, it's it's an opportunity for me to talk to a guy that I got to cover from two different angles during the state basketball tournament. You guys have been following me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You guys know that, you know, the game time guru this year, we got to have our media credentials for the state tournament. It's the first year we've ever been able to do that, where they allowed us to go and cover the games. But I also got to do play-by-play -play for the NFHS Network um, one of the days. So I got to cover the state tournament from my side, from, from my business with Game Time Guru, but also did play-by-play -play for the NFHS Network. And then, you know, I covered Championship Saturday again with the Game Time Guru. So I got it from two different angles. And this individual, man, I'm telling you guys, from McCall Donnelly High School, I, I, I kid you not, I was so blown away. I hadn't seen these guys play, hadn't seen this dude play. And um, from the second that he stepped on, like, I think I said his name no less than 100 times during the broadcast. Uh, for for the semifinal game, but the dude's name is DJ Green. He was named the three A uh, tournament player, um, the player of the tournament, right for for the state basketball tournament, which is a huge accomplishment for three A. Um, and we'll talk about why uh, that was because he absolutely dominated. But DJ, thanks so much for joining the show, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. I've been waiting a long time. It's gonna be good. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So 
This year has been a weird one. Um, I know you guys fought through a lot of adversity, but we want to talk about McCall Donnelly. I want to share this with the the listeners out there who aren't from Idaho or who are from Idaho and don't even realize where this is at, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. in Idaho, the classifications go from 1A all the way up to 5A. This is mainly based on the population of your school and whatnot and the, and the enrollment, the population where it's around. So 5A is the bigger schools, and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you go all the way down through 1A. Uh, McCall Donnelly is in 3A, um, and that's so that's right in the middle of the pack. But talk to us a little bit about McCall Donnelly High School, what it's like, what's the vibe around there, um, the size of the school, and just kind of the culture around in that McCall Donnelly area. All right. So uh, we're a 3A school, obviously. We just moved up from 2A this year. It was our first year playing 3A. Uh, it's a it's a ski resort town. There's probably three ski resorts within 30 minutes of McCall. There's a lake. So I'd say people here are very outdoorsy, I guess you could say. They like to get out. They like to do things. Uh, I didn't move here until about my freshman year. So, But, yeah, I mean, people are really outgoing up here. They're, I mean, we have a lot of athletes up here, but – what they what they mainly like to do is things outside, especially during the wintertime. People like to ski. So people's main focus, even the whole community, they could really like it's not really all about basketball. It's mainly about the ski hill or snowboarding and snowmobiles and out, outdoor stuff type type of stuff. And like in the summer, it's all the lake. And obviously, that's when a lot of the people from the valley come up here. It's people love it. Uh, so that's just the vibe you get. It's touristy. And at the same time, it's like in the winter time, it's just, just your, uh, typical small town. Yeah. So for those listening, man, McCall, it, it is definitely like a tourist attraction. It's about two hours outside of Boise, which is the capital of Idaho here. And, um, it's a phenomenal place to go. I've never lived there. I've just gone there multiple times because of the lake. Uh, there's a lot to do there, but I'm curious, DJ, where'd you, where'd you come from before you got to McCall? Um, I was actually living in Wyoming at the time. It was a, three, a 3A school in Wyoming. They go to four, a there, but, it was, a, it was a smaller town. It was a little bigger than McCall, but it was on the middle of I-80. So really the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's nothing even – I mean, it's Wyoming. Nobody knows Wyoming, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's basically the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so so how was the transition coming over here to McCall, Idaho? Uh, Well, at first my mom moved when I was like – she moved here in the middle of my eighth grade year. We kind of stayed behind because my brother was a senior. He wanted to finish out high school there. Right. But I was coming, it was a 10-hour drive, and we were making it almost every weekend to see my mom or if she was coming to see us. And uh, I don't know, when I, when I first started coming up here, before I even moved, I was trying to get to know people that I was going to be playing with because that's just my thing. You know, I like to play basketball. I'm trying to meet people through that, light, through that part of my life. And uh, it was a pretty easy transition at first because, I mean, I kind of jumped right in. Like, before I even moved up there, I went to a tournament with them and then went back and played a tournament with my old teammates. And so it was a pretty smooth transition. I didn't, it didn't really get tough until I'd say about a month after I got there. And that's just because I'm, I'm, I grew up in Wyoming. There's not a lot of stuff to do there, especially where I was at. There was just the rec center and that's all I did. So when I got here, I wasn't too, I didn't know about the lake. I didn't know, like I wasn't used to going out to do that stuff. So after about my first month being the new kid, like I kind of got here and I was just like, wow. Like there's nothing here to do because there's no rec center here. You have to have access to the high school gym if you want to play or you play outside. And so I was just like, this is going to be tough. Man, it's kind of crazy just hearing that because a lot of athletes, especially at a younger age, like I hated moving the whole concept. Like I, I never moved. I, I despised it. And then I, <clears> and even when I, I served a church mission for two years for the church I, I go to and 
then I, I hated moving because you go into area to area. So like even as a younger person, moving takes a toll on you. You have to learn about the the new culture around where you're at, the city where you're at. Well, you just said right there, you're a hooper. So like the rec center, you didn't even have one. You don't have one. You have to have access to the gym. There are yeah. things to do, but you had to kind of get used to it. And especially at the high school level, you got to meet new friends and, and just try to get along with people there and, and just kind of make your mark there. So that is tough, but it's cool to see that you were able to do that. I mean, I, I think the mm -hmm. city is uh, from what I can see, has embraced you over there as far as the athletics are concerned because you got <laughs> yeah. you're quite the athlete and from what I saw it's a pretty good community feel. Um, also, let me correct what I said earlier. I said player of the tournament. It's the 3A tournament MVP is like the word. That's the phrase I was going yeah. for when I was talking. Player of the tournament. That sounds so elementary, <laughs> man. Tournament MVP, ladies and gentlemen. I promise I've been doing this for a while now. That was that sounded super elementary. So tournament MVP. There's a reason that you got the 3A tournament MVP this year, but we want to talk a little bit more about the season and then leading up to the state tournament for you. So DJ, first things first, basketball. Are you a multi-sport athlete to play anything but basketball? And uh, how long have you been hooping for? Uh, yeah, I play football too. I did run track my freshman year, but I kind of didn't really like it. So I stopped doing it. Um, I've been playing basketball for as long as I can remember, really. My dad, he's been around basketball. He played overseas. He coached colleges. So He's I kind of kind of grew up around the game, you know, and for a while there, I'd say from fourth to like sixth grade, I was a wrestler. I hated basketball. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Dad, I, I don't want to play basketball because my brother did. And I was kind of like, I don't want to be just like him. You know what I mean? Like kind of want to make my own path. But then I got to sixth grade and I was at a wrestling practice and I was just like, what am I doing? Like. I like basketball. Let me go play basketball. So then I'd say from about when I really started to take it serious was from sixth grade to now, obviously. And it's my passion. I'd, I'd play it over football, but I play football too, obviously. And I have a pretty good shot at that too. I'm, I enjoy it, but it's not my favorite. I like basketball way more. So, okay. So you, you're currently you're a dual sport athlete playing football yeah. and basketball at the school. So, you know, coach Leslie then. Oh yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. So Coach Leslie, I had him on my show. I don't know if you've ever if you knew that or not, and that's kind of making the ties right now. But I had him on my show a year ago. Um, I actually work with uh, two of his kids at my full time job. So we we talked about his experience, his whole entire like his whole career, if you will. And he was talking about now being at McCall and and coaching over there. But it, it, Coach Leslie's a good man, so it's a good guy to be coached oh, by yeah. on the football side of things. And the dude loves his 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 players. He loves his young men over there, and uh, is definitely a big reason why your guys's team has seen a rise in recent years so that's pretty cool to see that connection i didn't even put two and two together oh, yeah. like right now so yeah coach is like family for sure he's done a lot for mccall even before i got here he kind of flipped the whole place around he got kids yeah. in the weight room and everything like that so that's what we were missing up here and he he got it right he got it right for sure oh that's so cool to hear man super super cool you did mention though you've been playing you've been playing basketball from about sixth grade on, man. And and basically in Wyoming, you were always the rec center. You were doing your your hooping, you're practicing. Um, and it shows. It it shows. But this year, we're going into the season. 2020 was a weird year, right? Unprecedented year for the entire country, the whole world, I should say. But you know, sports were impacted at the global and local levels. And it seems like McCall got impacted quite a bit. Going into this year in the summer, kind of coming up through the fall. How confident were you, DJ, that you guys were going to actually have a full season for, for high school basketball? Man, we didn't even know if we were going to play football this year. And I know, like, a lot of people in Oregon and Washington didn't get their seasons. But, uh, like, this summer, me and a couple of my teammates went out and played select, or last summer, I mean. And uh, so, I mean, we felt good. We were, like, 
because it was mainly just our county that was kind of holding back on what we could do. So then we get into football season and it was just big old talks if we were going to move it to spring or if we were going to play in the fall. And so once we started playing in the fall, I think we only had like two games canceled. We weren't that good this year, but uh, we had our two games canceled and I was just focused on basketball because after I, I kind of just figured that that's what I want to do. So I could really care less. I mean, I love playing football and I want to win because I'm competitive, but it didn't really bother me. You know, I was kind of ready to make a transition into basketball. And then we started getting hit with all these COVID cases. And so I think like a week after football, our coach told us to take a week off. We come back. Everybody's been practicing except us, the football players. And then they we start moving into this red, yellow, green categories for COVID, depending on how many cases you have. And so we were in red for like, I don't know how long and it was just getting so frustrating. Cause I was like, I just want to play. Like all these teams are getting all these heads. We were two months behind. Like everybody, we didn't even get a step on our court because right after school, we alternate school days. So we have Monday, Wednesday, half the school goes Monday, Wednesday, the other half goes Tuesday, Thursday. And so like right after school, you couldn't stay at, you couldn't stay there. You had to go right home. Like we can't stay in the gym. We couldn't go to the weight room. And so it was all tough. And so, we were, we were very, we were lacking confidence in even being able to play. And so when we got the chance to, our coach was talking about putting a banner up in our school and a couple of me and my teammates were like, what is he talking about? Like we've missed over half of our season. Like there's no way. And then after I'd say the district championship, we just gained all this confidence and we were like, uh, there is a way. I mean, we could, we could definitely do it. It's not impossible anymore. Like it's becoming more and more real every day. And it was just a, it was a roller coaster because there was a time where we were off for a whole month while, while everybody else was just playing, you know what I mean? And so it was more frustrating than anything, not knowing that we were going to be able to have a season or not more than like, it wasn't, it was just so, like I said, like a roller coaster. You didn't really know what was going to happen next. So you kind of just wanted to, to make the most out of everything when you could. That month in between, you said that, that month off, was that in between like having played a few games and then had to have a month off? Like, was that kind of the situation? How did that work? So what happened was one of our, one of the varsity squad players got COVID. And so we had to quarantine as a varsity team because of the way we were practicing. That's what we like, that's what we planned for it to happen. So if like a JV kid got it, not the whole team had to quarantine, just the JVs did. And so like, Literally a week before our first game, one of our players on the varsity squad got COVID. And so we had to quarantine for that first week, missing our first game. And then the next week we were in red, so we couldn't practice. And then our games got canceled for that week. And then it was Christmas break, which nobody was playing. And then we came back after Christmas break and had another two weeks in red. And so we were just like, wow, like, are we even going to have a season? And then when our season started, we had one preseason game. And then we jumped right into league. So it was pretty tough. I'd say. And, you know, one of the things that we were looking at last year, like the NBA, for example, they went to a bubble, but they had like a three-month layoff. And some of those guys, I always said, like, in the NBA even, yeah, the the guys who were super, they, like the LeBron James guys, those types of dudes, they have their own homes. They have gyms in their own homes and so forth. But a lot of those guys don't. They they live in a hotel for the season or they live in an apartment for the season because they, they have, like, they don't have a full-time lucrative contract. So they're not like yeah. setting up shop in the cities that they play in. They just wait, you know, for a year, they're going to be there until their next contract. So they weren't working out. Um, that's why they had a six week, like they just didn't get to prepare. So when they got to the bubble, they had to end up 
like they had a six week training camp essentially before, not even that it was like three weeks training camp before they got rolling. I'm curious, like during the time, like that one month where you're just kind of like there's, and you had limited, like everything was just out of your control. Were you guys even able to work out at all? Uh, so not like lifting or anything like that. Cause that's mainly all at the high school. There's really nowhere else to lift except the high school, but there's a kid on our team whose dad is like a pastor of a church. And so they have a pretty nice gym. And so we tried to go there as much as we could. Everybody kind of hated it because they were, they were saying like people at our school, they were saying like, if you're going to go somewhere else and play like without masks on, blah, 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 all that, that whole spiel, everybody knows it by now. Uh, they were kind of more worried about that being a higher risk of us going to this church and playing all around each other than actually being at school where they could regulate it, where we have to wear masks and practices and everything like that. And so we did get a, we did get a run a little bit. We got to go play some open gyms, but everybody knows it's, that's not even close to the same as an actual game. I mean, you have to be in way greater shape for real games and everything like that. And no matter how much you're playing, unless you're actually training for or conditioning and stuff like that for real games, it's it's a lot different for sure. Hundred percent. So coming back after that, I'm sure it took a second to get like your feet under you. You know, you're trying to get your rhythm back as you and you mentioned you had one preseason game and got right into league. And tell tell the listeners because when I was doing play by play, I was like, take I didn't know the full background of your guys' team. I was looking through some statistics and some notes before I started doing play by play for you guys for the semifinal game in the state tournament but you only had a handful of games. I'm like, I had to like yeah. glance at it three times. I'm like, hold on. Is that real? <laughs> Talk to the listeners about that. How many games did you guys finish before you even got to like the district? Like how many games did you play before state? I should say before state, <laughs> this is including districts. I think 11. I'm pretty sure. So we had that one preseason game and we didn't even play all of our league games because they were going to make like makeup games for the ones that we did miss. Cause we did miss a few league games while we were in the red zone or whatever, but we played 11 games and we still, we had like actual league games canceled because we played Fruitland who it was, it was just them and us that were like going at it for first place. And so if we beat Fruitland the first time we would have been number one. And then all those makeup games wouldn't have mattered. Or if we lost to them, it wouldn't have mattered. So they just took those games that we could have played after we played Fruitland and just threw them away because they were like, you could lose the next three games and still be number two in the league or number one in the league. So we only played 11 games, I think. And then the three in a state tournament, obviously. So, wow. So, I mean, that's difficult. I'm just going to say that right now. Everybody knows that this whole year has been super, super difficult, but for you, DJ, I mean, that's you're in the thick of things and and you're, you were part of a, a city and a school that was highly impacted by this entire situation. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you sit on for the whole pandemic and yada, yada, that either way, it's difficult for people like yourself, the guys who were directly impacted. I'm curious, what was like one of the biggest lessons you learned for yourself as a student athlete, right? You, I mean, academically it's changed up. You just said like, you guys are alternating school days. This is stuff that like we haven't seen in the past. Right. So even that, uh, including basketball and everything, what was one of the biggest lessons you learned during this, this last year? Well, I kind of learned two things for basketball like for sports, I definitely learned to play every game like it's your last one. You know what I mean? Because it literally could have been. We didn't know. Like we were in red when our county decided to let us play. They were like, you have to you have to take COVID tests every week if you want to play. You have to wear masks in practices. You have to practice at three different times because we have three different teams. Right. So we it was just weird. I mean, for for the basketball part, you definitely had to learn like this could literally be our last game. 
that we play this year. And especially for the seniors, this could literally be your last game of high school. And so we have to play it like it's our last. And that's kind of, I feel like we did a pretty good job at that, especially when we got to the state tournament. But for the academic side, I don't know. It's just staying on top of things. Like it's kind of easy when you have a day in between. I mean, I'm working right now for my uncle. He frames houses. And so like, it's kind of easy to want to schedule a bunch of stuff on that off day, but I still have two classes I have to go to because they're higher level classes. And you have to learn how to manage your time extremely well because it's super easy to start procrastinating when you have that day off and you have a job and everything like that. You kind of want to put school away because you get home, you go to your two classes in the morning and then you go straight to work in the afternoon till about five or six o'clock. And then you get home and you're just like, I don't want to do anything. I want to go to the gym. So then you go to the gym for about an hour, come back home. And you're like, I just want to get on the game. I just want to watch Netflix. I want to watch some, I want to watch a game. Like it's super hard to not procrastinate. And so I feel like it's taught me to stay on top of things a lot better than I used to. Man, I, I think that, I mean, it's a blessing in disguise. I think that's a huge life lesson that yourself and other student athletes need to, you know, come to the realization of time management is going to be a huge, huge thing moving forward in life, whether you can continue on with athletics moving forward, but just regular life with jobs like you, and families that eventually people will have, you got to have time management skills. That's what, that's what employers are looking for. You know, if you're going to run mm. your own business or work for somebody else, you got to have time management skills because that's, that's how you make your money. That's how you support families and, and all that jazz. So it's kind of cool that you're learning that right now and you have the, and you're self-aware. you like, you're very aware of the, the importance of getting your school done. Yeah. Uh, the importance of like managing and blocking these things out. And sure. I'm sure you can have like your gaming time and watch the games and all that stuff. Like you can, put those aside so long as you do the things mm -hmm. first but you did mention higher level classes so i'm in, I, i'm interested in knowing about you dj um outside of basketball too like tell us about like what what you enjoy doing what are your hobbies outside of you know playing sports um i'm honestly pretty laid back i mean i mean like i don't do a whole lot especially for somebody from mccall i mean i don't ever ski i haven't ever skied <laughs> i haven't snowboarded and people ask me and I'm like, no, they're like, you live in McCall and you haven't skied. I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. I kind of <laughs> like to, I just, I don't know when, when I have time on my hands to do something, if I'm not at the gym, cause that would be my number one thing, obviously that that's what I grew up doing, but I, I just like to chill. I don't like to go out and do a lot. I just like to kind of sit back and play games. Uh, I love listening to music. Definitely one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I have siblings, obviously, so I like to spend time with them, too, because especially during COVID and how they have sports going, it's kind of hard to see them all. And I have two older siblings that, are, that don't even live in the house, so it's kind of nice to talk to them when I get the chance to as well. Heck yeah, man. So what kind of music do you like? What's like what, what's the top uh, of the list right now? Top of the list, I like R&B. Okay. Uh, I like rap, too. But I kind of like old school music. People kind of tease me because I listen to so much throwbacks. My dad's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so he has a lot of like New Orleans bounce music. A lot of people up here don't even know what that is. And so like we'll, t we'll turn it on the big speakers and we'll all get to dancing and singing and stuff. I like, but yeah, I like older music for sure. Like old school R&B, old school hip hop, stuff like that. Ooh, okay. I'm curious then. Okay. Favorite rap artist and favorite R&B artist. You can tell me right now. Oh, man. Well, rapper, I've been listening to a lot of Biggie. I don't know why. I watched his little documentary on Netflix one night, and I was just like, dude, he's phenomenal. And R&B, that one's tough because it's my favorite. So that one's that one's a pretty tough one. I like Chris Brown a lot, but it's pretty tough because I like R&B so much, it's hard to really say. 
Dude, I dig that though. See, music's so important for for a lot of people, agree, and it's cool. Sure. It, it like gets you in a vibe, you know. Like you can really find yourself through music. Music's hugely important. You're dropping names there. That's like people I listen to. When I'm 32 years old. Yeah. So no, funny. I grew up. I grew up like old school a lot because my older sister, she's 27, so almost 28. She'll be 28 this month. And my dad, like they come from the south. Music in the south is a huge thing. You know what I mean? My older sister moved in with us when she was like 14. I was like three years old. So there was like a big, she kind of transferred a lot of that culture into me. My dad, he's always expressed it. He's a proud Southern boy. You know what I mean? So it's, it's pretty cool. I love music. <laughs> I love that. It's part of, that's, that's in, it's in the bloodline. That's, that's part of it. It's mm -hmm. part of your, 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 your culture. I love that. Super cool DJ. So you're, you're an athlete, you're a student, you're laid back. Uh, but we want to talk about how you became the three, a tournament MVP over here in the state state tournament you know after a handful of games you guys had some adversity as we talked about earlier you make it to the state tournament for you know idaho boys basketball and you get there and i'll tell you right now from my perspective i could not like i could not believe how hard it was for for teams to defend you so in the semifinal game y'all were playing night and for the life of me maybe you can remember i cannot snake remember River. okay snake River. okay couldn't yeah. remember the team that's playing you i should know this because i was doing play by play quick. <laughs> All I remember is like they were trying to game plan against you. And when I was talking to their coach prior to the game to get some information for, for the game, he specifically said that they were going to try to, you know, they're going to try to help off of you. They're going to show on their screens. They're going to try to like just shield you from getting the ball and, you know, try to. And, and essentially he did say, if he's the only one that scores, then great. Um, but we do have to <laughs> shut down other guys until he is. And so I was like, okay. So I, I understand that point, right? Where you just, if, if it's a superstar on the team and they're just getting their buckets, as long as you shut everybody else down, that guy can score, you know, 60 points as long as you guys score mm -hmm. more than two points. But that wasn't the case, dude. I'll tell you right now, DJ, I was so impressed with, with your ability to not only create your own shot, you know, your jump shooting ability, which in the, in the high school level is very rare. And I think a lot of people just look at highlights of the superstars in high school basketball and they think, oh, well, jump shots are normal for them. No, it's not. Like at the high school level, jump shooting is not normal. Um, it, it's it, a lot of guys can't shoot from three at a consistent range. They can't shoot mid range from a consistent, like at a consistent pace. And, uh, you could do it all. You were getting to the bucket, you were creating your own shot and you were facilitating to get the ball to your teammates. Your game was all around and you played the majority of that game. Like I could not believe it. I was like, dude, the dude is going the whole way through. So talk to me about that. Like what's in your mind going into that semifinal, knowing if you win this game, you're going to go to state championship. Talk to me about that game. Um, I don't know. It's kind of whole mentality, like mindset change going into the state tournament alone, because I mean, I'm a junior this year. And so the first two years we were in two A, and I, I do I do believe our two A conference was a lot tougher to make it out of. We never did, but I think our two A conference was a lot tougher to make it out of. And so I don't know, finally being able to get there, I was kind of just like, this is what I've been waiting for. You know what I mean? Like, everyone on my team I was the there was me and another kid that had been on varsity like it was Isaac Spears number three our big guy uh me and him kind of were like because my freshman year he was a sophomore and so we kind of had the journey of like trying to get to the state tournament together because I was on varsity and so uh I don't know it's kind of just like looking over at all the seniors on the bench and even that I was playing with and I'm just like dude like this is what you guys want. Like we have a, I have a teammate that's from Fruitland. He moved there from Fruitland and like, he's talking about all the success they've had in past years. And he's like, dude, it'd be so awesome. And so I just kind of think about all that. And even like stuff that my dad was saying to me, he's like, man, like you got to go out there and make a statement. Like 
people can't just keep overlooking us all the time. And so I was, that's just what was going on in the back of my head, like just trying to trying to get my brothers where they wanted to go, you know what I mean? Because you saw how much it meant to them and you kind of like, you kind of want to see it happen because they get so happy. You just like to see people happy, including yourself, obviously, because you feel pretty good after it all too. But when you know that you just did something for your brother on the bench, like, I don't know, they're just a different, they're just a different feel about it. Totally, man. And shout out Isaac, because that dude, I swear he had like 25 <laughs> offensive rebounds. The guy, he's, he's crazy, <laughs> dude. He was all over the, like, I mean, ever, I, I was just like, holy cow. He's, he's on the board. So, you know, shout out Isaac. Cause like, yeah, he, yeah. I think he got a double double and like, he had like eight or nine offensive rebounds. I could be mis mistaken on the actual stats, but dude, I'm not, he was mm -hmm. upwards towards double digit offensive rebounds. Uh, yeah. throughout the whole tournament for that matter even the championship game like he was mm -hmm. he's everywhere so shout out to your teammates there and and that makes sense dj because i mean it's really cool that you're playing not only for yourself but obviously for the for the rest of your guys that you've been on this journey with um do you have any like pre-game routines that you do to get you into that like mental state uh well obviously the first one's music i kind of when i when i'm on the bus i mean i'd say from the from the time we left the hotel, usually it's about 20, 30 minutes away from where we're going to be because everywhere so far for us from a call because we're literally up in the mountain, just isolated from everybody. So every drive is usually pretty far. But when you're staying down in Boise and stuff like I'd say when I got on the bus out of the hotel, I kind of like there's a certain time where I just like to like because I'm a talkative person. I like to I like to talk. I like to crack jokes. You know what I mean? So uh, like I'd say about 20, 30 minutes before the game, that's kind of when I get into a zone. I kind of just put my earbuds in, listen to some music. Uh, I like to stretch, obviously. I don't I don't feel like I play very good when I'm pretty tight. And so I like to stretch. I do like wrist stretches. I do ball handling stuff. Uh, that's mainly it. It's kind of typical stuff, you know, like getting in the mindset, Try not to try not to get distracted. And it's pretty hard at state, too, because you walk into the gym and we played the last game every night except for this uh, state championship, obviously. But it's kind of hard when you walk in and you see kids that you're going to be possibly playing against and you kind of like want to turn and look at them. You want to be like, oh, man, like who should I be watching? Who should I be watching right now? But it's kind of hard to just – you you just want to focus on the game you're about to play, and that's kind of what I do. I dig that. It's, um, it's super important, I think, for the young athletes, for those who I coach and anybody else out there like – you're getting into the state like visualization and just getting focused is a huge part of the game and having your own set. Like if you know that you don't play well when you're tight, even if you're a young athlete and you feel like you don't need to stretch, get into a routine of stretch and like understand yourself, mm -hmm. understand what you need to do to get focused uh, and start doing that consistently because that's a huge piece. And I, I'm telling you, DJ, you came out semifinal game, you came out and you were just laser focused. And I was so yeah. impressed. Um, with just your ability to create your own shot, jump shots, everything. Like it was, it was that feeling that no, regardless of what they did to try to play defense, like you, they couldn't stop you. And I think that's a really cool thing. And it speaks volumes to your hard work ethic, the work you've been putting in um, because, and you did that throughout the, all the way till the end of the game. Like you did that and you did it on both sides of the floor. So talk about that. You're playing both sides, man. And, and you're playing and some good athletes. How do you do that, man? Like you, you work on the defensive side of the floor and the offensive side of the ball. Cause like, obviously you're, you're, you're scoring in the twenties, like you're averaging, you know, 20 point games yeah. consistently, but how do you save your legs? I mean, you're playing both sides of the floor and a lot of guys don't like to do that because playing mm -hmm. defense and locking down and breaking down on D on, especially on the, on the perimeter, that's difficult because then you have no legs left for your jump shots. And if you, and some guys like to take a couple plays off, how do you go about that? Making sure you're prepared to be able to play on both sides of the floor. Um, a lot of it's focus. I mean, cause you, 
basketball is a two-sided sport. I mean, obviously the objective of the game is to put the ball in the hoop and to stop the other team from doing it. And so there's, there's two, two sides to it. And when I first, like when I first really got good at basketball, when I was like standing out, I'd say like eighth grade, my dad always told me he's, my dad's my biggest hater. I'll always say that he's my biggest hater. He's the critic. You know what I mean? And so he would always tell me, DJ, your defense sucks. It's suspect. Like you really need to work on your defense. And so my freshman year, when I got to McCall and I was playing varsity, uh, my coach had other kids ahead of me, you know, that he wanted to score all the points. I could I could score, but that's not that wasn't what my role was. My role was to go and play defense on the other team's best player every game. And so that's kind of I feel like that was kind of a blessing. I mean, I didn't see it as that then because I was like, oh man, I want to score the points. Yeah. But like now, now that I think about it, I was guarding the other team's best player almost every night. And so as a freshman, and so that just like just focusing on that part of the game. And then my sophomore year was kind of a bust. I didn't play very good at all, but I did play good defense because in my opinion, defense is just something that it's not, it's not really a skill. You know what I mean? Like it's just how hard you want to work and it's how hard you want to win the game determines on, on how hard you play defense. Like if you're diving for every ball, stuff like that, like it's, it's, I mean, obviously there's skill to defense, but it's more of a mindset. It's more of a, I want to beat this team. I don't want to let them score. Like I want to, you know what I mean? It's more of a mindset and getting yourself into that mindset is super important. And yeah, that's basically all like just just really focusing on that part of my game. My freshman year really helped to now because now like it's two sides, you know what I mean? And I really know that now. I mean, like you see p- players in the NBA that kind of rub it off. That's why I like watching college basketball more anyways, is because those guys are playing for something. And I feel like when there's something for you to play for, that makes you want to work even harder. And that brings out your defense. Hundred percent. A couple things to unpack there for young athletes listening. Like, for one, DJ, obviously freshman year, you weren't the quote unquote like main scorer or one of the main scoring options. So you had to understand that that's not your role, and you you focus on that. So if you're in a position right now, any young athlete listening to this, where you might be frustrated at your particular role. Look at the positives. DJ was able to realize. I mean, at the time, he might not have realized it, but he was focusing on the other side of the game, which is defense which is a massive part of the game and that has ultimately triggered he knew he could score right you knew you could score and then when the time came where you're now in that position where they need you to score you can still do that but now you've Mm -hmm. already polished up the other side of your game so anybody listening there pay attention to that take advantage of those opportunities to get better on both sides on both sides of the floor i love that you 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 mentioned that now when you guys won that game against uh, snake river in semifinals the the community that's, I, I took a video of the just afterwards, like the community of McCall was down on the floor and everyone was cheering. It was a super cool. Cause you guys are going to go to the state championship the next day, at the Idaho center. Um, I just want to know getting to the state championship. I know that's the ultimate goal is to win a championship, but that night winning the semifinals, when the community's down there, you know, the, the selected amount of fans that could actually be in there were there cheering you guys on. What was the feeling when you guys got it done? Thanks in large part to your massive game that you had in the semifinals. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was just, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I mean, our school hasn't had a lot of success in basketball in the past. And so, I mean, I think that was the second time we made the tournament in like 33 years for our school. And that's the first time we even, that you even won a first game in our school. So, uh, just looking up at them, I mean, I saw my mom, my grandma flew in to watch too. And so I just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was just like, wow, like, we we are the best team, and I could say that we are the best basketball team to play at our school. And 
just knowing that and just knowing how everybody up there just actually really cares and the people watching at home that were like it was just I don't know like you kind of know that you made an impact on our community that's so cool and I I was just I was just so I was so happy for you guys because I was sitting there like holy cow so when I was done with the broadcast I took my phone out and I'm like I gotta get this this is super cool <laughs> and that's why I love sports man that's why that's why I do the show I'm passionate about the the culture side of things and the atmosphere and everything it's not just the game it's everything that's involved with it and you guys behind the scenes I mean you fought all year long just to even be able to play a game here you are winning the game going to the state championship the community was just so stoked um and it was just really really cool to see the next morning you guys go well i guess it was afternoon at that point right, right around yeah. i don't know is the third game of the day or what no second game of the day second yeah yeah second game of the day and you guys are taking on marsh valley then marsh valley had their own little i guess like i mean they hadn't been there forever either so they had some yeah. cool storyline right but I'm curious, you guys are walking in for the 5A teams. I came from a 5A school here. So when we played in the state tournament, the whole tournament's played in the Idaho Center. Um, mm. So we're used to that. And then this year, a lot of different situations. Like it wasn't a packed stadium because they didn't allow everybody in there. The fans are sitting away from the court, which was also extremely weird to me. Um, really weird. Okay. But I'm curious from you, like the, the, the schools that are not 5A, they play their championship games at the Idaho Center, which is located in Nampa, Idaho. Um, bigger venue. And I'm curious, like going into there, having been playing at a smaller like school, I think it was at Columbia, you're at Columbia High School about five minutes down the road, playing in a high school gym, then going into this bigger facility for a championship game. What was the feeling like for you, DJ, as you guys were walking in there? Um, and then as you started to warm up and get used to the court, what was the feeling in that venue and that and and what was the energy like? Well, I had actually gone to watch all the the finals the year before. And so I kinda I mean, I obviously like being with my dad and how harsh of a critic he is. I mean, I didn't expect to be playing there next year. You know what I mean? But I mean, I kind of just wanted to remember what it was like because I knew we'd be there within this year or next year. And so I was just like, when I actually got there to play, I was like, it, I, it wasn't really, it didn't really throw me off. It was kind of weird because when I was warming up, like everything felt fine. My shot, I didn't like my depth perception wasn't really off until I got into the game. And I think I made one out of like six threes, but it was just, I don't even know how to describe it. It was more, it wasn't more of like being in a bigger place. It was just more of being there. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of just like, we're actually here. Like the whole state of Idaho is going to like, has a chance to watch us play right here tonight. You know what I mean? And so it wasn't more of like a, wow, this is a really big gym. A really big arena whatever you want to call it but it was more of like just where you were actually at and what was actually at stake so cool man um did i get that right who did you guys play in the championship did i just say that wrong by the way no it was marsh valley i thought it was marsh valley okay yeah yeah okay i just had to make sure i said that correctly goodness gracious so (laughs) gosh i've i said something else like i said that other stupid thing earlier in the interview and i'm like man today i'm like struggling with my my words here (laughs) goodness um Okay, so you come in there, and the reason I even asked that question, DJ, is because when we were, um, when we were playing when I was a senior, we were in there warming up in the in the state tournament first round, um, and I remember I hadn't played in there before, and it's a new court now, but I remember we were warming up and doing layup drills. The second we dribbled the ball, it was like right up at the top of the three point line, kind of near the the little edge up there, 
Mm-hmm. And it, the ball just died. It was like thunk, like a, a very big dead spot. And then we realized as we were playing, there was dead spots all over the court. And so like the yeah. ball legitimately didn't bounce, and it would make a noise, and it threw us off. Oh yeah, yeah. it shouldn't, oh, yeah. but it, it was like it was throwing us off. So I was just wondering, like, did you experience any of that kind of stuff, and and did it throw you off, or did you just kind of play through it? Well, coming out of the locker room when they told us we could warm up, I was like walking behind everybody. Uh, so when they got on the court and they started dribbling the balls, I was like. Like, it was, like, three different noises. Like, the first three dribbles was, like, three different noises. And I was like, I was like, how are those balls even coming back to your hand? I'm like, what is going on? But I actually walk on the court, and it, it didn't, like, you said that the ball would stop. Like, they were coming back up to us, at least for, I don't know if it was because of our basketballs, but, like, it was more of a sound. But I did notice it for sure. That was the first thing I noticed. It was, like, three different noises. It was, like, one really hard, solid noise, a hollow noise, and then, like, a drum. And I was like what is going on? Like I was behind everybody. I was like, I was like, what am I like? What is this? Like, how do these kids dribble the ball? Cause I just watched the two way state championship and I'm like, how are they dribbling the ball in this court? And then I walk up there and I took like two dribbles and I was like, Oh, like I, there's obviously like some, like they have like planks of wood, like spaced out underneath there or something yeah, because you could, yeah. like studs in the floor. You could definitely tell. Well, I'm glad it didn't affect the dribbling, right? Like we can even hear it though. Like we were sitting courtside uh, doing the the coverage, and we can hear it. We're like, and and that's when I had that conversation. I'm like, dude, it's the same thing. It's a different court. It's a different court than when I played. Um, you can totally tell a different logo and everything on there, different color scheme. Mm-hmm. But I was like, dude, I can still hear it. It's like, dum, dum, dum. Yeah. I'm like, what? Is yeah, it's like three different noises. It was so weird. I was so confused. I was like, how is how are they dribbling the ball right now? How are they? Because I couldn't really hear it when I was watching the two-way game because we were sitting like they made us stand under the curtain. Like when you walk in, you know, yeah. we couldn't leave. And so we couldn't even go up and watch. And so I couldn't really hear it. Plus all the fans and everything. Cause that game, I think, I think it was like a one point game. So everybody was into that game. You couldn't really hear anything. And so, but when I actually walked on the court and I, I mean, when I heard my teammates trying to dribble the ball, I was like, what is that? Like, like, why is it making those different noises? And then I took my dribbles and I was like, oh, it's fine. It's just it's just the noise. Dude, it just makes me laugh. I'm glad it didn't affect the dribbling or anything like that. I just I, I just wanted to talk about it because I knew that was just yeah. a part of the game. And it's, it's part of that whole <laughs> that venue and whatnot. You know, DJ, unfortunately, you guys you guys came up short, but it was a battle of a game. I'll tell you what, that was a fun game to cover. Um, I think it was a seven point game or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys you guys did a phenomenal job. I mean you said you were one for six from three. Sometimes shots fall. Sometimes they don't. That, I mean, that just happens. I mean, you still got a lot of buckets and you were doing a lot of good things on the court. Um, unfortunately, it just wasn't enough to get it done that day. Um, but, you know, tell us about that. You know, a lot of people want to hear the winning stories. Like we just talked about the semifinals, but yeah. having lost in the state championship right now, I want to get your thoughts as a teammate. You talked about you wanted to win for your teammates that were seniors, right? That had been through there. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've lost. Talk to us about that. Like the the feelings. Like, did you get okay? You know, it's upsetting because you lost. Like, but now, did that motivate you for next year? Considering you're a junior, like, oh, how, yeah. what are your feelings um, after you lost the game? And and just what what was going through your mind as an athlete? Yeah. Um. Basically, I mean, that's the first thing I did. I kind of looked at everybody on the bench, and I was like, and and it sucks. It, the, what's even worse, and it's kind of funny now that I think about it, because it's it's kind of ridiculous but like whenever like when that game is done they do the second place first and then you watch the people who won go up and they're so excited they're holding up the trophy holding up the banner they get and so that was the that was like the saddest part because like we have to watch it you know what I mean and 
it kind of did tick me off a little bit. And so, yeah, it definitely has motiv- motivated us for next year, especially because most of us were juniors. I think we had like two or three seniors that really actually played and one of them that played like most of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's kind of what I looked at it as. I mean, it sucked because, like I said, my teammate who moves from Fruitland, he was so like excited to be there. His brother had won a championship for Fruitland. And so he was telling me about how awesome it is and how, he's going to get a ring if we win and stuff like that. And so just to see, just to see, it wasn't like disappointment because first of all, nobody was really disappointed because like the Idaho sports people were kind of like bashing on us before the tournament even started, they weren't really giving us credit. And so just to be that far anyways, we weren't satisfied. I'm not, I mean, I'm a competitor. I like to win. And so I wasn't satisfied obviously to be second place, but um, just to see like what we did for the community. I mean, we looked up and everybody was up there cheering for us still and, I even talked to a couple of my teachers that went down and they were like, yeah, uh, like we didn't, even though it was a seven point game, we didn't think the game was over until time went out. Like it wasn't one of those games where it looked like you guys were giving up. Like, so, I mean, that was just a huge thing for us. Like just seeing, I mean, obviously it made me sad because like, like you said, for my teammates, but just the fact that we were even there in everybody else's perspective. I mean, I, that's what I expected. I don't really go into games expecting to lose, you know what I mean? But just to like prove everybody wrong. Like we were kind of satisfied with that aspect, but as far as winning, I mean, it definitely motivated us for next year and we're going to come back strong. So exciting, man. It's, um, that's the tough part about sports. You win and you lose. right. But you can Mm -hmm. learn a lot of lessons and the loss and the defeat. Uh, And I know that sounds cliche, but it's super, super true. Um, You know, you get to see those guys cheering on the court and it's like, okay, we didn't get it done this year. All right, that's okay. Let's let's keep yeah. working. And uh, once you get past that defeat stage, which for some guys like yourself, who's a competitor, it could be a couple days. But the soon the sooner you get over it, the better, because then you got to put the work in, and that's the best way to get over that, in my opinion. It's almost like losing a girlfriend or something. You know, the best way <laughs> is just get back in the dating game. No, I'm just saying, you, you just gotta get back to work. You know, um, and it seems like you're doing that, DJ. So you're 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 competing in club ball. You play for Select currently. Yep. And uh, talk to us about that. We were talking before the interview on, on you know, the club ball thing and the guys that you're playing with. We, we mentioned Jack Payne. We talked about oh, yeah. uh, Titus uh, year out. We've got, I mean, Mike Days on that team. You've got a lot of athletes um, in this program with Select. And club ball as a whole is a really good opportunity in my eyes. I, I do coach club ball as well. And I love seeing the opportunity for the kids like yourself to be able to get more reps and play with, you know, competition they might not play with during their school season. But talk to us about your experience with club ball so far and how it's helped you develop. Uh, yeah. So I didn't really start like my first time playing for like a real club team, like select was last summer. Most of the stuff I used to do was local. Like before I moved to McCall, what we did was it was just the kids that I grew up with and we were just like, Hey, the the competition in Wyoming's not cutting it. So let's go to Colorado. Let's go to Utah. Let's go to Vegas. You know what I mean? So like, this is the first time I've had the chance to play with kids. I don't go to school with, you know? Uh, some of the top players in our state, actually. And so uh, you definitely learn a lot from them. You learn a lot from just by just by being on the like I've gone down to a few practices. I've played in one tournament with them so far. You definitely learn a lot, especially from Jack. That boy works so hard. It's it's incredible to see how hard he works. And uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of just helped me realize that because not everywhere you go, you're going to you're going to be the best player. You know what I mean? Like there's chances for you to learn, be more of a student of the game. When you get an opportunity like this, you have a chance to pick off from coach Clint. He's amazing. 
basically all the coaches for select, they all sit down, like you'll get subbed out of the game and they'll be like, Hey, like, what could have you have done there? Like, what could you have done besides what you did? What you did wasn't bad, but you could have done something better. What was it? Like, it's just, it's just more of, it's like being in class almost like you just learn so much from everybody you're around. And I'm sure they're learning from you too, but from me, that's just kind of one thing that I've picked out a lot. Like, just learning from everybody, taking in as much information as I can and adding parts of their game to mine. Oh, I love that, man. Super cool. Because, yeah, like, I mean, you're a stud. Obviously, that's why we got you on the show. I mean, you're an amazing um, athlete, but you can still learn and improve on your game. I think that's awesome. Like guys like Kobe Bryant, for example, we look at him. He was mm -hmm. top of his game, but he was always consistently trying to find ways to get better, whether that was like picking parts of other people's games and just kind of doing a self-evaluation and, and he was always competing. I think through competition, you can sharpen your tools that are in the uh, toolbox, so to speak. And you mentioned yeah, Jack. Sure. Shout out Jack. I mean, he almost, <coughs> his, his video uh, dang near went viral the other week from yeah. a little oop to himself, which uh -huh. I could not believe that actually happened in a game. Like I, I was just mind blown. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like you guys don't think Idaho has hoopers? Like we got hoopers over here in Idaho. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out there. Um, and then Coach Clint, yeah, shout out. Clint, I mean, I've I've been following Clint for for years since he played at Boise State. When I was in like mm -hmm. fourth and fifth grade. Like, love that guy. Um, dude's dude's a stud. So those guys over with Select, shout out to them. But I love that you said this, DJ. Just like being a student of the game. Um, I think club ball for for a lot of athletes, it can be that way. Because when you get to the next level, for those who are wanting to play at the next level, it doesn't matter if it's a JUCO, if it's a Division One, it doesn't matter. When you get to the next level, it's gonna be like that. You're gonna you you might be the top dog at your school. But you go to the JUCO level even, and there's a lot of guys that have had the college experience that are just mm -hmm. as good as you. And as you keep climbing the ranks, you're no longer the top dog, but you're kind of right there with everybody. But that's not a bad thing. You just got to get used yeah. to being able to raise your game. Do you think that uh, playing club ball for the last, like, I mean, last summer and then now, like, has helped you as a basketball player? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's nice to to see where other people are from, you know, and just to see how hard other kids are going to work. It just, it just helps you realize that. I mean, this is just, this is just from Idaho and a couple kids from Montana that you see that I have on my team that are all busting their butts every day to be the best, you know what I mean? And so like, it kind of helps you to realize that there is thousands of other kids in every other state that are working, that, that are just as good as you, but possibly working even harder than you just to be better. You know what I mean? And so just keeping that in the back of your head, kind of that, that kind of fuels me a little bit just to be like, wow, like if I don't, if I don't go to the gym this day, or if I don't go to the gym right now, if I don't lift weights either, I'm going to fall behind. Like we saw in the Gonzaga Baylor game, that game was strictly weight room. I'm going to say it right now, that game was strictly weight room. And so just to like, even watching that just helped me. I'm like, dang, like I really got to get there because these dudes aren't playing around when it comes to that. You know what I mean? 100% man I'm so glad you said that that's been a, a topic of conversation be between myself and then AJ from EBC basketball and Boise sports talk and a lot of these guys even over at our club at Idaho premier we've been talking to that about that with the kids like the kids that we're coaching you know from the 15 year range and on um, the weight room needs to become a priority you saw mm -hmm. that like you said like that's a big thing you start to realize it too in club ball I think DJ when you start to play oh, yeah. these other these these other teams from different states or just even in your own state but from different regions and it, you just got a lot of good talent you can kind of measure yourself like, okay, I, I am good. You can still say that like, Hey, I'm, I'm good, but wow. Like these aren't even the top of their class and we're getting pushed around by them. Or it could be like, okay, here's where we need to, it just gives you a whole new perspective on things. Um, but I'm <laughs> the weight room is a good conversation. I, if you're listening yeah. to this and you're one of the young guns hit the weight room. I don't care if you're five foot six, 
a buck 30 right now. You need to start hitting the weights because when your body starts to grow and you start to mature as age goes on, um, you want that foundation for to keep going because that's going to be super important. Otherwise, you'll end up like Gonzaga looking like fools in the championship game, getting manhandled mm-hmm. and looking like a fraud. Um, <laughs> got pushed around like crazy. Um, before we sign off, DJ, I mean, this has been cool just to hear from you and hear your story. You're putting in work right now. You're playing club ball. Um, you're going to continue on moving forward. But I want to know what we should expect from DJ Green in the next 12 months. Where where should we expect to see you in the next 12 months when it comes to sports, uh, when it comes to academics, whatever it is? I want to know what we should expect to see. Um, I'm not even really sure yet. Like, is that just as far as like college or does that mean like just any like well, high school and everything? High school. Let's see. What, what, what's your plans for the next 12 months? What are your goals? Let's talk about from the sports side first. That's a better question. What, what, what are your goals from the sports side of things in the next 12 months? A year ago, okay, like so, a year from now, what should we be talking about? Uh, definitely want to win a state championship. Obviously, that's that was the goal of this year. I mean, it was a lot harder. Uh, it's probably going to be harder next year because everybody actually knows who we are now. Like, they're not just that was kind of an advantage going into the tournament. People were like, oh, who's this team? We're going to beat them, right? Uh, so it'll be definitely a lot harder. Uh, I'm hoping to grow to like six five. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish no, but I'm definitely going to hit the weight room a lot harder. I'll be stronger next year. Uh, yeah, better teammate, everything. I'm just looking forward to improve my game. Outside of just skill set alone, DJ, from shooting and, and whatnot, what is your biggest attribute that you bring to a team from a leadership perspective? I don't know. I would just say character. You know what I mean? Like, off the court, I'm not a jerk or anything. At least I don't think I am. I kind of like to joke around a lot, but I feel like that helps out with bonding with the team, especially when you're playing club ball like this and you don't, you don't really know everybody that well kind of gives you a chance i'm pretty outgoing i guess you could say so i'm not really uncomfortable to talk to somebody you know what i mean like it's pretty easy for me to try and connect with someone and so as far as that goes like that's probably the biggest thing i bring like i can help you on the court and i'm willing to accept your criticism and i'm willing to accept what you have to say to me and that's part of the reason why it's so good to be playing with higher level players like jack and titus is if they tell me something that i'm doing wrong i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get mad about it i'm gonna be like oh all right like I need to fix it. You know what I mean? And I, I'd expect them to be the same because I can do that to them too. You know what I mean? And For so sure. just, just, just being just the character that I bring to be willing to accept your criticism and be willing to give you constructive criticism as well. Heck yeah. That's a huge attribute to have as an athlete and as a human being for that matter. Um, DJ, we're looking forward to seeing you in the next year, especially next season. Uh, fingers crossed that things continue to improve as as far as like regulate or restrictions i should say and that we get to have a full season you know what i mean and not only that potentially get fans in the stands and just have some sense of normalcy so that we get to to watch it. and i know there's going to be a lot more eyes on you especially now that you guys have made your mark by that time mm. this this podcast will have been launched so people are going to be keeping an eye on you so you got a little bit more pressure but that's a good thing uh have no yeah. doubt that you'll rise to the occasion that your team will rise to the occasion um and we're looking forward to seeing where you go in in your athletic future as well as just in your your normal life. So DJ, I just want to say thank you so much for joining the Game Time Guru podcast, brother. It's been an amazing time talking with you. Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate it. It's been a while. I've been I've been trying to get on here for a while, so I really appreciate that for sure. Absolutely, brother. And for all those listening right now, go follow DJ. Where what's your uh what's your handles for your social media so we can put those in here in the description? Um just my Instagram at hoop.lol. That's just it. That's just my IG. I have a Twitter, but I'm not sure. I don't really use it a lot. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'll probably put it in my bio on IG. 
Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll put the link here in the description. It took me a minute to find it too. When I was trying to tag you in a post a couple months ago, <laughs> LOL, that's nothing to do with DJ green, but okay. I got you. It, it made sense. So we'll put that at hoop.lol um, for the in- Instagram page for him. And I'll put it in the description, all the listeners out there. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review and you guys know the drill. We'll be coming to you next week with another one. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.